2: And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright.
0: And I'm Melissa Moretti.
2: And Melissa, on today's episode, we are very fortunate. We actually have a guest join us in the studio. Yeah. In the studio. So for all those listeners that that may not know, most of the commercial guests, I'd say 99% of them, all call in uh and we can wear tank tops, we can be in flip-flops, <laughs> we can be on our computers, course, do all that stuff. a
0: muscle shirt and yeah. short shorts.
2: Yeah, I wear my muscle shirt and short shorts. Unfortunately yep. it doesn't there's not very many muscles there to show off, so right. I usually get yelled at by uh by Adam downstairs. <laughs> um but we have Kevin Johnston, president of Stran, which is a major developer and we are very fortunate we had uh Mike McKay also from Stran. He joined us probably about a year ago. Yeah as well. And they've done some tremendous projects. And he's on today to talk mainly about a new project they have coming up on West 2nd there, a Mm -hmm. awesome location. It's an office building, which I think when you hear his thoughts on why they launched when they did, it makes a lot of sense. Not a lot of people are doing this right now, but they've had a lot of success with a lot of interest so far. So we have him on today to talk all about that. But before we get to that, I listened to Matt Adams' episode uh, on the residential Vancouver real estate podcast. it was a tremendous episode this past week and uh, very heartfelt and very moving.
0: Yeah. So they had Jaden Lee, who is, he works in real estate. He's a, a very young, I think he's, I want to say he's in his early 20s. Um, but he has a remarkable story where he, he was diagnosed with cancer in his teens and, and fought it in BC Children's. And basically he's, so they say, you know, cancer comes back within the first five years generally. So he's done five years. He's now on his fifth checkup for, you know, to, to see if he's, if he's cancer free basically, but he's fundraising to give back to, to the BC Children's Hospital. And, um, so his, his goal is to, he's going to go to his checkup and get this, he's going to run a hundred miles
2: Not Not kilometers, not not kilometers, a hundred miles, a
0: hundred miles. So, so last year, I believe it was last year, he did a hundred kilometers and he raised $125,000, which is incredible. He's kind of a remarkable human. He's kind of one of those people where you're like, wow, you really, you've really, um, He's really doing something special. That's yeah, for sure. making a difference. He's making a difference, absolutely. So we want to just point to to that episode and and point to you know you can find him on our Instagram and and you can donate and and you know you can be part of his run even.
2: I and think. for the record, a hundred miles. Yeah, that's got to be something like around like a million kilometers, I would think. So
0: <laughs> I think it's a hundred and sixty. Isn't it that, one point six. Oh,
2: you're asking me? I,
0: I mean, you're the numbers guy here. Yeah,
2: not when it comes to that. Just the math on how much the lease costs. Yeah. Um, so I, great cause he's yeah. out there, year five. Year so five. Year five. So uh, you mean obviously everyone is extremely optimistic and and very hopeful that the results are the same as years one through four. Yeah. A the stress of going through the situation and then after running that long, I think speaks. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So he's raising, a, we're looking to raise $150,000.
0: $150,000. So if if any of our listeners donate, we're yeah. offering a, a free V-Rep t-shirt.
2: A free shirt. Where do you donate? How do, how do how do listeners donate? Well,
0: so you can go to our Instagram. Well, we have it linked there. Okay. It's on our story right now, but I, th- I believe we're going to be putting it in, in the bio of some sort. You okay. can always even shoot us a message. We'll respond to you. How do I find Jaden?
2: Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to donate. to that, but I want two V-Rep shirts (laughs) because in the winter time, I'm an extra large okay, and in the summer, I'm a large so I can switch back and forth. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to start it off there. I'm going to get the link for that.
0: Amazing. And we're
2: going to start, we're going to put $500 from William Wright Commercial towards the amazing cause and hopefully the listeners will follow that. But without further ado, let's get to our interview today with Kevin Johnston, president of Strand. All right, let's go. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Okay, so we're here today with Kevin Johnston, president of Strand in person, I must say. We actually got him down to the studio. Kevin, how's it going?
1: It's fantastic. I'm so happy to be here. It's a lovely day outside.
2: Thank you for having me. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for taking the time to come join us. Before we get kind of into it, can you tell us a little bit more maybe about yourself and Strand? Sure. Sure. Well, just about myself. I'm a chartered accountant. I've been in the real estate
1: game for about 15 years. Um, started off from a financial perspective as a CFO and have moved into a more operational role over the years. Joined Strand about four years ago. Mike McKay the CEO and I had a, a longstanding relationship along with his father, John. And um, when I saw what Mike was building on the development platform, I certainly wanted to be part of it. And since then, Strand has... Uh, We've done a number of deals. Um, we've become more of a household name than we yep. ever have been. And yep. uh, and although we've been around for about 45 years, uh, we mostly fly under the radar until about the last 10 years when when Mike sort of took over on the development side and um, has really uh, brought a lot of projects to life.
2: And we were very fortunate. We had Mike on probably maybe a year or so ago mm-hmm. and kind of put a lot of light to a lot of those projects. I do agree with you. Like, obviously, you guys have been around forever, but it seems like we see your signs everywhere, especially in Berquitlam and buildings popping up. So... You guys have done a tremendous job getting out there.
1: Yeah, Mike uh, is very ambitious. Anyone who's ever met him knows that he's uh, he is full throttle.
2: Yeah, no, it, you guys have done a great job. So you guys are both in residential and commercial. Do you have any memorable projects that people might recognize that we could maybe just touch on before we kind of get into some of your future projects? One of our
1: great accomplishments recently is the Oaks. It's a 400-unit condo development, three-phase, uh, phase parkade in Coquitlam, right on Clark Road, uh, fully sold out. We just completed the fourth build, or sorry, the third building of three um, completing that project out. It's it's the first condo project under the Strand banner, under Mike's uh, strong leadership. And it's something we're very proud of.
2: Yeah, no, I actually drive by it all the time. And I, I, I take my kids to Costco. I have a five and a seven-year-old and I try to drag them to Costco some Saturday mornings. And I try to teach my kids as much as we can. And, and where your buildings sit, uh, there's the, the neighboring project, which wasn't, your, which wasn't yours, but then you have like the animal vet on the corner. And my son keeps saying, Dad, how long before that building's gone? And I'm like, oh, he's learning. He's <laughs> learning. He's learning. Yeah. He's learning. So Not we wanted- long. Not, long. <laughs> Not we know, long. We know that project. It's, <laughs> it's well, one thing we wanted to talk to you about today is you guys have a tremendous project coming up there in Mount Pleasant there on, on, on Second Street. I know there's lots of excitement about it. Can you maybe tell us a little bit more about that project, what's entailed, and also maybe why now?
1: Uh, why now? Well, good good question. So it's a uh, 112,000 square foot office project on uh, on West Second. Um, right by Olympic Village. Uh, Great, great access to transit, great access to the amenities of Mount Pleasant. Um, It's just a wonderful office project. And we broke ground on it last week. We had the mayor out to to say a few words and he was really supportive of the project. Historically, the Mount Pleasant area has seen a lot of great small and medium-sized users come in and, and attract a lot of great talent, a lot of great amenity in the area. And so we wanted to invest in that and in the growth. And through COVID, what happened was the city decided to change the zoning to encourage developers to develop their sites by basically upzoning it. They, they increased the density, they doubled the density on our site particularly. Wow. And, um, and that really made the project economically viable. And so we've been working on this project for a number of years. Um, as we know, office through COVID has, has injured some challenges, uh, but we really see that coming back. This is not a huge project. We've already seen a great amount of interest in leasing the space. And we decided along with our partners, to move forward with this project and start construction. There aren't a lot of other projects doing that. As you may know, office is a four-letter word right now. Yeah. But given the unique characteristics of this site and to be the only game in town when we know there are great tenants that want to be in this community, they want to be in Mount Pleasant, um, they want to attract talent, they want a first-class building, we thought that it was the right time to go.
2: Yeah, I know you made a great point before we hit record about if there's not a lot of competition out there in the new construction side for office you become one of the only games in town. And we're very bullish on office. I think obviously right now, there's a lot of negativity in the news, maybe because also Vancouver was such an unhealthy tenant market for so long with just sort of like almost unrealistic vacancy rates that the minute it moves, it's a news story. But if you look at how we position ourselves on the office side as a city versus maybe other major markets, we are far better than a lot of cities right now and far better than a lot of American cities and what you hear out there that I think, you know, people are going to show up, they're going to come back, and there's too many people moving into this province that are going to need jobs. And those jobs are eventually going to happen somewhere, probably a lot of them in the office sector in the coming, the coming years. It's,
1: it's very true. It's, um, you know, vacancy has risen. Yeah. Um, occupancy rates are down. But if you look at the broad context, as you said, we are still one of the best, if not the best office markets in North America. Yeah. So investment is coming here. Immigration is going is to continue to push that. And, and I 100% agree with you.
2: And I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit too. I mean, the geographical constraints are one thing. But the political constraints that this province deals with on the development side, obviously, and we're not going to get into talking too much about that, but it creates, you know, projects take a long time. So as people are showing up and they need workplaces and homes, we can't get projects going as fast because we have more people showing up than how quicker than we can get shovels in the ground. I don't disagree with you one bit. I think, I mean, the office market is going to come soaring back, all of that stuff. Um, some other projects before we kind of dig into this a little bit more, you touched on as well. You guys have an amazing project in Langford. And I know. We talked to Mike about that when we had him on there. It was a massive acquisition in a town that's just, it's booming. Can you tell us maybe a little bit more about that project as well?
1: Yeah, we we love Langford. It's one of the fastest growing communities in North America, Canada. And uh, we purchased an 81 acre site uh, in the heart of Langford that initially was envisioned as as primarily an industrial business park. Um, since then, we've, we've worked the city to carve off certain pieces that will become more of a residential focus, just given the proximity to Bear Mountain. And some of the adjacencies it really made sense to uh, to pivot on on part of that to go residential uh, but there's been a great amount of interest in the industrial component light industrial users that need dock loading things like that um, there is a huge amount of commerce that occurs in that neighborhood and uh, and we we are really looking forward to having a long term footprint in in the Langford market
2: and the project so far the interest level and all that stuff over there has been what, what you've expected so yeah, it's, far it's been very strong I mean typically
1: the, the Victoria industrial market is not a pre-lease market. So we are moving forward with the construction of, of um, our first building this year and bringing that to market. And uh, we're working with a number of interested users, um, but no one has locked it down yet.
2: So here's what I would like to Obviously, the development world's changed dramatically in the, in the f- past few years from, from COVID to construction prices to everything. What challenges are you guys still experiencing now just as a development community out there? Obviously, prices are high. But what other challenges has there been that you've had to overcome to keep going? Did you guys have projects
1: everywhere? We do. Yeah, we do. I you know, it, it is a difficult time to be a developer right now. It's uh, we're in this moment in the market. I call it the whipsaw, but it's where revenues have, have either stopped growing or are coming back in a lot of in a lot of segments of the market. But construction costs, municipal costs, financing costs, everything is, yeah. is going in the opposite direction. So your margins are compressed, making it much more difficult to get these projects off the ground. Let alone try and finance them, find the equity to to move these projects forward.
2: Now, are you finding lenders are coming back to the table more now than maybe they were a year or two ago, with with stability somewhat out there, or is that still a, a challenge? Think, I, yeah, I think
1: that's absolutely true. And in, in most most um, segments of the of the real estate market, lenders are coming back and they're being a little more aggressive than they were a year ago. Good to hear. And there has been a bit of a flight to quality that we've seen, and lenders are doing more deals with less clients. Yeah, and um, and so it's making it tougher for the smaller developers. But if you're well capitalized and you have great projects, you should be fine.
2: Now you touched on a little bit how you guys have projects everywhere. What markets are you guys excited about, like out there? Like, what are you? Where's where's Strand looking to go, or where where do you have you know the finger on the pulse type of thing? We 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 just uh, just launched our second
1: tower in Coquitlam, um, which will mark about just under. 500 units that we've got in wow. two towers there. We've got a third tower coming behind it. Um, and that's all on the back of the Oaks project I mentioned earlier, which was about 400 units. So um, we've got quite a lot going on in that market. In addition to all that condo product, we've got about 350 rental homes coming adjacent to those uh, condo projects in, in wood frame buildings. So we're big believers in, in the Coquitlam market. Um, we love that whole Port Moody uh, area. Surrey is another, uh, another area that we're actively investigating. And then, of course, Langford, you know, uh, we've got a project done in Nanaimo. We like Nanaimo as well. Great market. Yeah, it's a great market. You know, new access to Vancouver uh, coming for commuters with the the fast ferry. And it's just a price point play. People can afford ground oriented homes there. And a lot of people do want that product type. So we have 168 unit uh, townhouse site in uh, called Park and Forth in Nanaimo come to market next year. Um, in addition to some of the townhomes that we're doing in uh, in Langford,
2: Yeah, we were very fortunate. We had Mayor Krogh on the program yes. uh, about a year ago or so, around the same time we had Mike on that. And I, you know, it sounds like it's the right is driving the bus over there. And, he, and I agree. He's incredible.
1: He's sharp. He's yeah. business-focused. He knows what it takes to grow that community.
2: And I think with the Hello Ferry, as you mentioned there, mm-hmm. I, I come from Burke Mountain in Coquitlam, and I can take an hour and a half to get from Coquitlam to my office on Robson in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. If I could sit on a ferry, a fast ferry, in a, a nice recliner, and read the paper and have a coffee in seventy minutes, that sounds like a much better idea than me sitting in traffic along Hastings. So I, Who I doesn't think doesn't like boating, right? I know it's, it's it's awesome, you know. And we're very bullish on Nanaimo. We talk about it all the time over mm-hmm. there. Uh, I think it's a great project. Now, when, when you guys launch that, what is the expectation? Like, what are the absorptions? Obviously, you guys have looked at that. Maybe for a listener that maybe looks at a project over in Vancouver that thinks, like, oh my gosh, it sells out in a weekend. Mm-hmm.
1: No, this is more of a tempo market. So like these are townhomes that will sell for, you know, call it between six and $700,000. So very, yeah. um, you know, very attainable in, in relative terms compared to what you put, would pay for a townhouse here with your own garage and own backyard and all of that. Um, So we're expecting absorptions, you know, it will ebb and flow with the launches of each phase of this project, but yeah. we're expecting tempo absorptions of between five and 10 units a month.
2: Now, is that a, is that a market that you guys will think... You know, based on the success of that, when it comes out, is that a market you guys think you'll look more into if it goes as planned? We
1: and we already are. We're already looking at expanding our footprint in that market and just building upon um, some of the the things that we're
2: doing there. Well, I know a great brokerage that just opened up over there I can help you with that. Perfect. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'd love to talk a little bit more about the the project you guys have coming up on West Second. I know we touched a little bit about it before, mm-hmm. but um, so previously, I guess what I was reading is that the the zoning has changed. Yes. And so that that made it a more viable project for you guys. Can you speak a little bit about what the zoning was before and why it didn't make sense and why now it it does make sense?
1: Basically the zoning before was a 3.0 FSR um, with the size of the site that we had, we we had initially bought it years and years ago as a holding property. Um, it had some tenancies, it was it was producing income. And in order for us to demolish that existing use and move forward, that that level of density just didn't really make the make the financials work properly so when the city then increased the density and and effectively doubled it um that started to make things work from from a development perspective so we were full speed ahead um and we we designed a great building if you, if you know the site you know that it's got this um triangular angle and so what we've done is we've done this flat iron design lots of glass it's it's a beautiful architectural piece. Yamamoto Architecture is the architect on the file, and he's just fantastic. And And he's really built a beautiful um, design for this building.
0: Do you guys already have tenants that you're you're hoping to get in there? Or, you know, do you have an idea of who, who may be coming into this space?
1: Yeah, so we're working with Glenn Gardner and uh, Robin Buntane over at Avison on the tenant front. And we have a handful of tenants that are interested, um, everyone from tech users to uh, a health-adjacent use. And you know we're excited about all of them, and um, and we're in active discussions, and uh, more to come on that.
0: Right. Okay. Awesome. And I I keep seeing the word creative industrial. Can you speak a little bit to what what that means and what that might look like? You know, if you're just in the area walking by, you know, what is that?
1: Yeah. So a third of the building is um is creative industrial, and we've we placed that on the bottom three floors, and so. Creative industrial is a very broad use. It's a throwback to the roots, the industrial roots of the Mount Pleasant area. And what the city is trying to do is encourage users that have a manufacturing element to them. You think of Terra breads where they're, you know, they've got their bakery, they're producing breads, they're distributing them from that location. But they also have a storefront where you can go in, you can have a sandwich, you can have a coffee. Those types of uses are great uses for that ground floor space. And then there, you know, there are some tech users that uh, manufacture products that would would also fit into that use, so they could be on upper floors.
0: Right, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Are there other areas in Vancouver that have? Because obviously, this piece of property was rezoned. Were there other properties that were also rezoned to?
1: Yes, yes. Um, the city of Vancouver looked along West Second, and, and that's primarily where they focus their attention in this early uh, stage of rezoning. And then I think they've um they're looking at other areas of Mount Pleasant as well to provide some additional density to encourage that. Employment,
2: yeah. So well, here's what I'm curious on the development side. It's just as a whole, how does a deal look now? And by that, I mean there's been so many changes, like we talked about earlier. You guys have gone through how How do you pencil a deal today with land prices and interest rate and construction costs? How does that look to Strand?
1: You know, it's uh, that's a very good question. Very, very carefully, I think is the answer, Corey. Is, yeah. uh, <laughs> not a lot of deals are are working right now, and you're you're probably seeing that through yeah. uh, through the industry. Not a lot of transactions are happening. Land is not moving sellers want to hold on to yesterday's price and um, and buyers, you know developers savvy ones are not not necessarily moving on that. so um we're being we're being very careful. um we are looking at newest new sites, but we need to be cautious about how we're going to finance them where where costs are actually going because with inflation, we have seen continued construction cost escalation. We we're hoping that that was coming to an end uh, about a year ago. there was a lot of yeah. talk about how things were stabilizing. On the construction costs, but that's that's not what we've been seeing. So, so I, I, uh, the long answer is we, we're not seeing like a lot of great deals right now.
2: Yeah, no, it seems pretty consistent. I think you nailed on the head there. From the, the brokerage side of the business, even like through all seven of our offices, it seems very consistent that there's a lot of you know pens down right now. And and we had unfortunately with the the last rate hike we just had, uh, there was several land deals that probably you know probably semi worked, and there was probably optimism. And they all kind of went by the wayside. And I don't think it was so much the, the last rate hike that did it, because the reality is if your deal didn't work 25 basis points before, it doesn't work now. <laughs> um, um, it's just more or less like we don't know where we're going. And there's uncertainty around there. Where, what are your thoughts on all this stuff from like an, an economic standpoint?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, the Fed just raised rates again in the U.S. Yeah. Um, we've been raising rates. And most people believe that we're at the end, um, yeah. or at least in the U.S. I think they believe that that's probably the last one. but. We've been fooled before and they won't stop until they've really crushed this growth that's happening in the economy that it's, it's been stubborn inflation and it's, 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 it's a confluence of, of items that are really causing all of this inflation. And, and the only thing that they can do is lay down this big hammer that they have called interest rate hikes. Yeah, yeah. I think what happens is, is the U S does eventually go into recession probably next year. Um, we may see a mild recession in Canada. Um, and then interest rates start to taper off and come back to somewhere in the norm. I don't know that they'll ever come back to where they were in 2020, 2021. Oh, it no, it's was, free money at that point. It was, a, it was a great time to be, you know, borrowing money. And, yeah. And a lot of people maybe borrowed a little too much. And, totally. And that's coming back. Um,
2: yeah, no, I think we, we you know, I, I, I go back to that day as I remember sitting in my basement thinking, okay, if I don't die, and this is what the BOC rate is right now, I'm like, man, I'm like, this market's just going to go boom if yes. we don't die. Then sure enough, you know, saying it hypothetical at the time, fast forward like two months, off it went. So no, I, I agree with you. I think uh, I, I don't think we'll ever see those rates again and probably should have borrowed more money in hindsight now, but it's okay. But on, on the positive note, I, I think what this
1: does is it creates inflation and in revenues as well. Yeah. You may not be seeing it on the resale side because it's so hard to get a, 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 resale, a resale mortgage today. Yep. But ultimately, the resale pricing is continuing to move um, in a positive direction. Rents are continuing to move in a positive direction. They have to. They have to support this. You know the additional construction costs that are pushing through. People are making more money. There's real wage inflation happening. Yeah. So revenues will help right the ship to some degree. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, where are cap rates for those types of income properties? With not not a lot of transactions, it's difficult to peg where trend, where um, where cap
2: rates are today. No, that's something that Strand would look at. Like, do you look at value add opportunities on the commercial side as well as development opportunities? We do.
1: We do absolutely, and um, we're looking at them all across North America. Uh, we feel like it's coming into a good time to be purchasing some of those sites where where others may not be able to make sense of the debt um, or may be carrying debt at at an unreasonable rate. And and we can come in and make an opportunity from that.
2: I think, and we've talked about this on the podcast, and we've had guests that talk about this, I think the opportunity, if you can make numbers work, is phenomenal right now because there's not a lot of players at the table because I think a lot of people can't see past the forest and through the trees where all their interest rates are too high. But if I can find something that's got hair on it, which in our world means there's problems on it. If I can see through that and make the numbers work or take even a good property, but somehow get a VTB or or attach great debt to a good property, you can make that a great property. And I think if you can find those right now, the opportunity is impeccable. But to your point, there's not a lot of them out there right now. What are your thoughts moving forward? Where do we go from a real estate standpoint here? Fast forward, and just so you know, everything you say here, we hold you (laughs) to. So where are we a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, uh, from, a, from a commercial real estate standpoint and residential too. Obviously, you guys are developing that as well.
1: I, I think two, three years from now, office is is at a more regulated level, a more stabilized level. People yeah. are coming back to the office. There is a real push for that from larger corporations. Finally, it, it takes some courage for these large, large corporations to, yeah. you know, to try to bring people back into the office. and then, And they need to do that in a way that's encouraging and where people actually want to come back into the office. So one of the trends we're seeing is and we're hearing from experts at colliers and other places is to bring people back they actually want more space not less space they yeah. want they want they're used to their home office where they can shut the door and they can focus and if they come back into an open office environment which was the trend back in you know 20, 2018 yeah. 2019 yeah. they're not excited about that so certain larger corporations are going to have to think about okay well how do i create these more individualized offices how do i get the space to create privacy for these people who have become accustomed to it over the last three years. And that's maybe helped their perception of their productivity.
2: Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because we were consulting for an office building just recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of our thoughts and what we see kind of in the numbers is that 10,000 square foot tenant is now potentially 15,000 square foot tenant, but with either some form of like a hybrid or something incorporated where that, I think the fear was the hybrid originally, that 10,000 square foot tenant is now 5,000 square feet, doesn't need as much room. But to your point, they're actually wanting more room for less people. So it seems like people are absorbing, absorbing neighbors and all of that stuff in these buildings and the vacancy rate, obviously is higher higher than what we've, we're used to, may not be as bad, I think, as what it sort of appears out there in the public right now right. and what the news has kind of made it because I know in some of the buildings that we do, the vacancy rates have, have made minimal. Anyone stuff has come up for turn. It's been absorbed at relatively faster rates right. than maybe what we've, or faster timelines than what we thought with it. Fast forwarding three years down the road, and obviously all of these projects you have in the ground right now, do you guys maybe go outside of the market you're already in? Like is the BC Okanagan in strands play or is it more kind of focusing on what you already have? Yeah, I,
1: I think we do look at the Okanagan. We, we see a deal, deals in the Okanagan all the time and uh, and we, we do like that market. We're not as familiar with it. Yeah. We've done a lot more business in the US than we have in the Okanagan, for example. Yep. The US is a much bigger market. The Okanagan is, you know, it's a relatively small market in the grand scheme of things. So... I would say we're probably more looking at larger markets like Toronto, maybe Calgary, and then, nor- and then uh, south of the border.
2: How does the stuff down south compare to what you're working up here in BC? Typically, US
1: markets are a little more volatile yeah. than what we're, what we're looking at here in BC. We're more
2: insulated. We've
1: got the immigration to, to back up the ebbs and flows in the economy, whereas they don't have the same level of immigration on a per capita basis. Yeah. They're also much more transient. So, you know, people move into the big cities and then they'll move back home with mom and dad or back to the rural settings if uh, if the economy is not going as well. Yeah. And so apartment vacancy levels are much higher and debt debt is more hot and cold, I would say, in the U.S. than it is in Canada. You see institutions from the largest banks down to the small regional banks that are sort of shutting off the taps very quickly if they see things going awry, whereas. In Canada, you've got relationship-based lending where they're looking you know, for 10, 15, 20 years, and, and you don't see the same level of you know, on and off,
2: hot and cold. So what I'm hearing is uh, we're going to be okay, is what you're saying. I, th- I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. No, I agree. That. I think immigration driving, like I said, we can't get product to the market fast enough. And I think, obviously, I think we'll all be very, very bullish on that. Kevin, bef- before we leave you, we have our six pack of lighthearted questions we ask all of our guests so we can okay. tell you a little bit more outside of the office. Sure. Can, we, can we keep you here for just two more minutes? Let's go. The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca. With offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Okay, awesome. Melissa, why don't you lead us off?
0: All right, first question your favorite bar or restaurant? And I'm going to say specifically in Vancouver.
1: Wow, that is a great question. Um, And not because I'm going there for lunch today, but I'm going to say uh, Chipino's in uh, Yale Town would be my favorite restaurant. Okay. A a summer lunch
2: on the patio at Chipino's is. to beat if we could get this episode out fast enough that lunch might be free but i don't think we're gonna get it out in time for your lunch today (laughs) so so speaking of that unfortunately you've done something terrible you found yourself on death row and you get one last meal before it's all said and done what is the meal well i'm half italian so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna be biased
1: in that direction i think it's a um i think it's probably a vongole pasta which is uh which is a clam pasta it's one of my favorites and and you know it is summer and we'll be out on the patio so that's what i'm thinking about for today
2: that's not that's great (laughs) (laughs) next question up
0: all right next question your favorite band or musician
1: favorite band or musician
0: what are you listening to
1: you know i'm gonna go with the war on drugs it's just something that i've been listening to lately okay Um, yeah i'm just gonna go with that yeah if it's not Nickelback, I don't know who they I, are. I, I don't, I don't know you know, I've
0: heard of them. Like, what kind of music is that? It's That's like, like I,
1: I would say it's, it's new rock, but it's, it's got a throwback sound to more of a classic rock style. I, okay. I, I grew up on classic rock. My father was big into, you know, 70s and 80s yeah. rock. And, um, and, and that bled through to what I enjoy.
0: I'm going to go listen to
2: yeah. War I, on drugs. I got something to listen to driving back to the office after this. There you go. So you, it's, it's, it's Friday night. You've been enjoying the wine on the patio. The night's coming to an end, but someone gives you a karaoke mic. What song are you singing?
1: Oh, I'm not singing. I'm, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and people respect that if they've ever heard me sing before.
0: Um, You're like, just a hard no.
1: <laughs> no just a hard no. But uh, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking back to, uh, to a bachelor party I was on and, and the best karaoke experience that I ever had was a good friend of mine sang Sledgehammer um, by Peter Gabriel. I think it was... Uh, <laughs> And um, and and I think I would have to go with that. I'd have to try and replicate that experience.
2: That's great. We haven't had that answer yet. That, that, I don't know that's that a song, answer.
0: but I'm picturing like theatrics behind oh, this. You, you
2: got to listen to it after after you hear it. You can be like, "That's, oh, okay. that's good." Okay.
0: All right. All right. All right. A book that you would recommend our listeners read.
1: I think anyone who's listening to this podcast should have read "Am I Being Too Subtle" by Sam Zell.
2: Oh, good book.
1: He's a great real estate tycoon from yeah. from the U.S. and. He's got some great one-liners and just a lot of great insight into how to create an enduring business that isn't just looking at transactions, it's looking at the infinite mindset of how we look at business. And, Mm. you know, one of the questions you asked earlier about West Second, you know, why are you moving forward when others are not? You know, it's very much in, in the line of Sam Zell. He would say, when others are looking left, you go right. Totally. Yeah, our
2: last episode we did was, is the best investment right now the office market? Mainly because the, the rule of thumb is always buy low, sell high. And yeah. when everyone else is, is kind of not interested in it as much, is this now the time to capitalize? Which obviously you guys are, are going to market with it. Last question, something that's had a positive impact on your life that's been 1500 bucks or less. We can, we can raise the limit to 5000 if we have to. We can, we can go to 5000 And I must say, too, for all the you, everyone listening can't see how sharply dressed Kevin is. Hey, we, yeah. got, we, we have you in the studio today. And Adam sent a text out to the group saying that you're coming in person, pretty much warning all of us, no flip-flops and tank tops today. Don't wear
0: your sweatpants. Don't wear your sweatpants. Beach vibes in. in here, usually.
1: Well, I knew, I knew how I was meeting, so I wanted to dress for the occasion. Um, so real pleasure to be here. Um I would say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go throw you for a loop here. My first surfboard, it was less than fifteen. 1st surfboard.
0: Bucks, oh.
1: It got me hooked on a sport that I've been chasing ever since. I'm not a golfer. You know, I do, I do some other sports, but I, you know, it's something that has really consumed me for the last 20 or 25 years. Wow.
0: Amazing. Let, let's dig
2: into that for a second. Yeah. Where do you go surfing
1: up here? Do you go on surf trips? I do go on surf trips. Okay. I, I do a little bit of surfing on Vancouver Island, but my, um, Favorite places to go are are Maui. I I, I went to Indonesia this year. Uh, I've been all over the world surfing and um, try try to you know try to get go somewhere where my wife will enjoy it, but I also have an opportunity to.
0: And does she surf too? She does not. No, she does not. She just watches.
2: So so we. I I sit there and I look at surfers when I'm in California or or in Hawaii, and I'm like shark bait. Like that's what I think. (laughs) I would be so scared if I was out there in a wetsuit that stuff. But you know.
0: It's hard. It's like I've surfed a couple of times and I think the first time I ever surfed, I got hit in the back of my head with the surfboard after it went flying and I I pouted on the on the beach for about half an hour and I was like, I don't think I I I tried it.
2: Twice when I was younger we had actually like boogie board surf lessons my parents put us in. I couldn't get on the board if my life depended. Never mind catch a wave. I couldn't get on the board. Like It was brutal. So I don't think people would realize.
1: It's not for everybody. You need, you need to be a bit of a glutton for punishment. And, right. and hence why I'm in the development industry. Okay, <laughs>
2: there you go.
0: Every day. It all by, ties yeah, in.
1: By, you know, by the city, by the, you know, the, the municipalities we're dealing with, by our financiers, you know, it's just...
2: Non-stop. So is actually, surfing is actually a relief for you. That's what you're it's, saying. It, it's good training for development.
0: But yeah, surfing has taught you, uh, you know, how to how to make it through, right? That's
2: right. Well, Kevin, how can all of our listeners find out more about yourself and what you're doing and also what's Strand and all your projects? I think you can
1: visit visit our website at stranddev.com. Uh, you can go check out our presentation center in Coquitlam uh, on Clark Road. If you want to see what we're doing with our towers out there. Um, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised with the amount of projects that we have, and and the level of history. If if you haven't heard Strand, uh, we are we have been around for forty five years. We're very well capitalized. We have a lot of experience, and we're doing a lot of great things.
2: Excellent. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us in studio and taking the time to come join us today. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks. Thank a lot, Kevin. you, Kevin. Yeah, Take care. Bye bye. And there you have it, folks, our interview with Kevin Johnston, president of Stran.
0: Great conversation and great to have him in studio. It's it's so nice to be able to, to look our guests in the eye and and really just have a, a candid conversation in person.
2: Well, I'm really glad I have a golf shirt and pants on today because Kevin shows up looking like he walked out of the window of Harry Rosen. Sharp. Sharply dressed man. Yeah. Joins us today in studio. I've got a golf shirt on and a pair of golf pants and sneakers, <laughs> right? So I'm looking like, I'm thinking like I'm, I'm appropriately dressed only to get like shut down the second he walks in. I got to get, I got to
0: live up to, I got to
2: find a suit again. So for those people who didn't, didn't obviously didn't hear, we were talking uh, between the intro and outro and I said, I'm going to donate $500 to the amazing cause. Yeah. And you said you're going to match it. I did. That's amazing. So yeah. that's, we got $1,000 now. $1,000 yeah. $1, we we've go. got here. Amazing. To start this off. So I'm going to make $500. You're going to donate $500. Or and hopefully the listeners will follow suit. You're
0: really setting the stage for for some real generosity here. I like it. This is
2: great. But here's the best part. You're going to get a V-Rep t-shirt out of the deal. Oh, and for those God. people who don't know, when Melissa's desk, when she turns around and she stares at the stack of shirts all day long, yeah. I'm sure Adam won't let you touch them. But no. now... With your healthy donation of $500, you can probably pick
0: one. Maybe I'll get two.
2: Maybe i will get two. Maybe this you get two. Great. So for all those people out there who are looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate, you can reach out to us at William Wright Commercial anytime at our Vancouver office at 604-428-5255. They can send me an email, Corey at williamwright.ca. I'll gladly share that with uh, whatever broker makes the most sense for your transaction in the profits. Or you can go to our website, williamwright.ca and sign up for the latest and greatest news. And for all those who want to buy and sell condos and multiple offers, Melissa, how can they get a hold of you?
0: You can call me at 778-869-4477 or email me at melissa at com.
2: Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. And I can see Melissa's holding up a sign now that says she's going to donate $600. (laughs) So if you're trying to one-up me, I'm going to let you there. So we got $1,100, guys. Hopefully everyone else can go find the link Uh, we'll put the link out there somewhere so people can also donate to this amazing cause so thanks for listening guys
1: subscribe today